Hello and welcome to Popmosis Film. This is the grand spanking spanking. This is the season two premiere. So we got renewed, and I guess technically we we got renewed by Tyler. The network is really just barely slim margin. We it was all a ploy. That's why he's on the show. Just we, we need more pictures of Spider Man. <laughs> so, but we are. This is the start of season two, which is exciting. We had a little break. So, how was uh, your break, guys? I am here. Well, so I should introduce myself because this is season two, and maybe we have some new people joining us. I am Josiah, and I'm here with my co-host Tyler and Paul. So, how were hey, you guys during our brief hiatus? Uh doing all right. Uh, just doing school, and so not much of a hiatus there. But yeah, I'm doing all right. How about you, Tyler? Um, I, I have been nothing but swamped and barely sleeping. So if you're, if you have seen our stuff on our, uh, YouTube before, uh, you see that we have hour long videos coming out weekly and, uh, we also have a bunch of other podcasts and articles and so much more. So, uh, I, I, I've had no time to relax. <laughs> <laughs> that, that laugh so a I went to I went or... I, I during our hiatus I went to the south of France got some sun no oh, I didn't shit. do any nice. of those things so oh. I lived in I I live in Anaheim as does Tyler and Paul's not very far off from here but uh, it, it it's actually kind of been rainy lately like not very very recently but overall it's yeah. been like a little bit more rainy than you would normally expect in Southern California but we're it, segueing into sunshine yeah. as we. Normally it's the world preparing for the Snyder Cut, is what I think it was. <laughs> the gloominess. Everything has to be gray with a with an orangish hue to it. Right. So, as Tyler hinted at in probably thumbnails and titles up above, below, wherever around me, uh, tell you, we are going to talk about the Zack Snyder, uh, his cut of Justice League, which is kind of a crazy thing that it exists from the fan outcry. And, and it's interesting, too, because you know, there's been other famous director's cuts, like, we talked about Blade Runner. Uh, we didn't yep. talk specifically about the director's cut, but definitely we talked about the versions Final of it, cut. essentially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was like the definitive version. And so oh, you've had like, movies. Yeah, even like Dawn of the Dead had like what three cuts or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there. I mean, like even when it came out, there were two. Like at, at that time, yeah. let alone later on. But it's just interesting to see because I think you know the we're this podcast was born in the age of streaming remotely, and we're still recording remotely due to hello there. But you have I wonder would this exist? Maybe it would in the DVD video era, uh, not the v, maybe less the VHS era, but the DVD era exists. But it's certainly a product of streaming times, the time of streaming yeah. and. So, and we'll, we'll kind of probably cover that a little bit of touch on that. So I'm just going to start with some of the specs about the movie. Uh, the, the original version was released on November 17th, 2017. And so here we are, March, we're March 19th as we record this, March 18th it came out. So this is all fresh in our minds, 2021. So it'll be interesting even when I listen to this episode, like in a couple weeks from now when it releases, like, I'm like, oh man, I changed my mind if I watch it again. Cause most movies I, on this podcast, I watch at least a few times, but when it's four hours long, there's not an opportunity to do that. Oh, sweet Jesus. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, no way. For, and I have little kids, as you guys know. There's like, even when we record this, there's like a time at night where I'm always kind of like listening for footsteps upstairs or like watching the, the baby monitor because it's like, oh, the, the kid's due to wake up and I'm going to have to like get her back down. My older daughter, Penny. So like, yeah. that's, that's like, it's like this, this doomsday clock that, uh, that sort of haunts me. So as I said, directed by Zack Snyder, 
The story was by Zack Snyder, Chris Terrio, who won the Oscar for Best Picture for Argo. Great movie. And also Will Beale. Uh, those three guys got story credit. The interesting thing is Will Beale did not get story credit on the other version, on the uh, the Whedon cut, I guess as we'll call it. So it's just, I want, it's like interesting that what would push him out in terms of story because the basic structure of the story is kind of, we'll, we'll sort of touch on some of those things. It's not, we'll, we'll go where the, the muse takes us. Um, uh, the screenplay was by Chris Terrio and the other version, it was Joss Whedon and Chris Terrio get credit for the other version, uh, produced by Charles Roven and Deborah Snyder. And interestingly, Charles Roven was not a listed producer on the other version of it. He so he, he's like a super producer. He like won the best picture for American hustles, produced like everything imaginable for like the last 20 years. But it was the, on the other one, it was, uh, Deborah Snyder, of course, Jeff Johns and John Burke. So it's just interesting, not so much that those guys weren't listed. I, there's very different reasons, which this isn't necessarily about that, but it's interesting to see that how it kind of changed. But li- reading through the producers, the most interesting thing is not like those top, like those are the, those are the only people that have the produced by credit on this, but between executive producers, associate producers, co-executive producers, all that kind of thing. On the Joss Whedon version, there are 19 listed producers. 19. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And on the the Snyder Cut, there are only 10. Now, that's still a lot of producers, but even in, in both versions, uh, four of those are like Christopher Nolan, Emma Thomas, his uh, wife and producer, and um, like Affleck and Chris Terrio, the screenwriter. So you eliminate those four, it's still, it's like six producers versus... 15 or 14, whatever my math is off. That's just insane. Like yeah. that's kind of a telling thing that our, one of our first episodes was the green lantern, another DC film where that you talk about studio interference when, whatever you think of this film, at least you get to see the real vision for what it was supposed to be, as opposed to everyone throwing, like it needs to go in this direction, that direction it needs to be this long, so on and so forth. So yeah, that's uh, who made the film. Uh, that was a kind of an interesting thing that I noticed when I was like doing these sort of, you know, the, the, the movie stats kind of thing. So very simple question to start off and you guys take us where you want to go. But did you like it? Paul, go first. I'll let Tyler go first. Because ah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want Tyler to go first because he's, uh, I think he's literally put release the Snyder Cut in his like social media Stuff, so he's more invested in, in, in the Snyder Cut than we are. Because I've never, I didn't care if this movie was made or released. But Tyler is, I, I think he, he's more of a DC person than a Marvel. So I think Tyler, yeah. sorry, I'll shut up. Go ahead. You're fine. I, 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 am a, I am a DC over Marvel. I always have been. I, I, I love DC Comics. It's what I grew up on. I love the villains. I love, uh, I love the psyche of the character, of some of the characters. And I think that their events are better than Marvel. I, I, Ultron, Civil War, all that stuff was not that great in the comics. You know, uh, Secret Invasion was, was okay, but like, I mean, Ultron's the worst. Doesn't matter. Um, I've always loved DC. I, I, I wanted this because I'm okay with all director's cuts being out there. I don't agree with all of them, but <laughs> I still think that there should be director's cuts because why not? Uh, I mean, L- the Lord of the Rings extended cuts are my favorite are some of my favorite movies. Uh, I love Alien 3 director's cut. I love Blade Runner Final Cut. There are a lot of director's cuts out there that I absolutely love. There are some that are worse, and you know, but you know what? It's cool that, that they exist. 
And so I was for it because I was like, yeah, you're a billion dollar company. Who gives a crap? And like, you're going to make more money by making it anyway. So who gives a crap? So I, um, I was totally for the Snyder cut. Uh, I also think Justice League one was, wasn't the worst thing in the world. It was more annoying than anything. And, but like, you know, I also, I mean, I was excited until the runtime was announced and (laughs) I, do I like this movie? Yes, of course I like this movie. It, it, it's way better than the original one. It pulls at my DC loving heartstrings in it sometimes very unnecessarily, but it pulls at it. But then there's this whole new aspect of it being four fucking hours long. I'm sorry. Lord of the Rings deserved to be three and a half hours long. Justice League does not deserve four hours. You, you don't, you don't deserve that runtime. And do I like this movie? We'll talk about it way more as this podcast keeps going. Do I like it? Uh, I'm torn. And that's all I can really say. But I will say I will give it a 7 out of 10. Interesting. It's kind of complicated. Like, I didn't really care if this was made or released. I didn't have any kind of attachment. Um, I did see the original Justice League and was bored. I was really bored. And I think that's the worst insult for a movie is if you're boring uh, and you waste my time, like, I, I don't it's that's awful. Like I'd rather it be so bad that it's good and, or at least interesting. And justice league yep. was not that the, I'm talking about the weed cut. This one, yeah. um, the first two hours are really a struggle to get through. I was like checking the time and like, I was like checking the timeline. Like, Oh, okay. It's only an hour and 45 minutes. Oh Jesus. But then after that two hour mark, I started to like it and started to get into it and actually enjoyed it. And, uh, I, you know, the thing about this movie is that every time I watch something DC, I can't help but think, what? where's Marvel now? Where's Marvel now in terms of this, what they're doing with the cinematic universe? And, you know, we just watched WandaVision, and WandaVision was a very thoughtful examination of grief. And they very touched upon, like, very specific things about, about grief that uh, I thought were very poignant. And mm-hmm. we have the Justice League that's a remake of a 2017 movie that's trying to reach the heights of the first Avengers. So that's where we are in terms of Marvel versus DC. Um, having said that, I mean, I, I liked it. Um, is it, is it something that I would say is on the level of like Thor Ragnarok or uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? No. And uh, mainly the reason for that is that, uh, well, the problem with DC is that Marvel is dictating what they do. And you could see that when they're editing, like, Suicide Squad, you know, how they re-edit, like, Guardians of the Galaxy hit big, and they re-edited it so that the trailer and everything, so that it was more like Guardians of the Galaxy. And so I think that's what the problem with Marvel And then even with the sequel, it's like, okay, how can we, let's even, let's get the actual Oh, yeah, let's get James James Gunn. Yeah, let's get James (laughs) Gunn. It's like, even better, let's not try to make it Guardians of the Galaxy, let's get the guy who made Guardians of the Galaxy, which I know he's smart enough to not make Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, anyway. exactly. So yeah, I mean, uh, you know, in the long short of it, I like it. Um, is it uh, is it Avengers Endgame? Uh, no, no way is it Avengers Endgame or something to that level. But it's probably like a little, little bit better than uh, Thor: The Dark World. You know, it's 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 passable. It, it yeah. So there you go. I liked it a lot. I really did. I was surprised that I liked it as much Ooh. as I did. But it's one of those things that uh, if I revisit it, how will I feel about it? And I definitely think the 
the two the, the the Whedon version really lowered my expectations so much that I was like, how is there a good movie in the bare bones of this thing? That was what I thought when I saw that. Because like Paul said, the, the biggest insult to that movie, I was bored. And even though this was four hours long, I was never as bored watching this as I was watching that version. Uh, I would agree it, with that. Even though it's half the, has length. And kind of getting back to like the, the roots of my fandom, fanhood, fanamy, fanamy, fanhood, fanhood. <laughs> fandom? <laughs> fandom. The roots of me liking this stuff. It was, uh... For me, I was a, like I was more of a Marvel person, always have been. But like Tyler said, a really good point. DC always did the big events better. Always, it, still to this day, they do the big events better for whatever reason. Marvel. So I, I would read a lot of everything in comic books as a kid, especially. I would read everything, everything get. But with it was more like with Marvel, I would always read. I would read all your mainstays plus the obscure stuff. With DC, I would tend to focus on the main stuff. You know what I mean? I didn't get mm -hmm. dig as deep with DC just because it was just too much with the fact that I was doing that with Marvel. So that's or they why would I was can like, or they would cancel them after six issues. Yeah, ones. <laughs> I was always more that that made me more of the Marvel guy. You know, I was reading. I would read a Moon Knight or whatever randomness dark hawk i just that popped in my head because i saw that one's coming back I'd read weird things like that that i wouldn't read necessarily the equivalent in dc i would stick to green lantern I'd stick to batman i'd stick to mm -hmm. superman wonder woman kind of and then the big crossover events that was kind of it but that said i i have a great deep affection and love for both and understanding how they're different mm. and i i think the the not necessarily Zack snyder but the, the studio wanted their version of Marvel instead of realizing that in the comics they have they have the formula for how to do these awesome crossovers better. Yeah. Like maybe your individual books aren't going to be as good as an individual Spider-Man comic in my in my mind at least, but your crossovers are going to be way better than any of the big across big storylines involving Spider-Man that I can remember. Like yeah, I mean some of the best single comic books I've ever read are Spider-Man issues, but the best crossovers I've ever read are pretty much all at DC. I mean, even at that time. But anyway, that all said, I really liked it. But it's that understanding that it might have been because I finally... I, I had no expectations that this would exist. Yeah. I And I, I'm not at, like, top, uh, Paul where I was like, I don't care. But I wasn't gonna sort of champion it on any level. So when it came, I was happy that it came and, and I was looking forward to it. But if it didn't come, it wouldn't have bothered me. Just like, yeah. you know, the, 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 the potential for sequels to this, whatever. You mm -hmm. know, I'm glad I got to see this because since apparently this much, so much of it did exist, even though uh, this movie is also telling that how much of a movie is made in the computer now. <laughs> so <laughs> that yeah. was really <laughs> So I mean, my, Steppenwolf uh, looked a lot better uh, than, than the Whedon cut version. He didn't. He looked. Okay, so I, I want to say like there are what? things I love about this movie. There are there are aspects that I love, and then there's a lot of stuff that also still the mediocrity carries over. However, it's done better, and that's what I think that what we're yeah. all saying. Like, uh, can I first just like maybe like say one thing that I love about this movie is uh, I fucking love Ray Fisher. I think Ray Fisher was unbelievable in this movie, and um, if you listen to our most extreme ranking challenge from last week. With guest uh, Eric Lopez from Young Justice, I go on and talk about Cyborg for a very long time. I love Cyborg. He's absolutely one of my favorite DC characters. <laughs> and I 
loved him in this movie. I loved Cyborg. I loved him being the monster. Uh, I, I, you know, and ah, so much emotion. That was one thing I loved about this film. Was no, same here. I'll say that he went from being probably in my mind the worst character in the other version to probably the best. Although I really love both Affleck and Henry Cavill's takes on the characters. There's like decisions in each of the movies that I really disagree with. But yeah. foundationally, I still like their characters and really like their portrayals of both of both of those actors. And but watching the other ver- like watching the Snyder cut of this, like, wow, it's like he went from just this really horrible Iron Man knockoff yep. to everything that makes him unique in the comics. Like, as you said, as mm-hmm. opposed to being an Iron Man knockoff, which is what he became like, like uh, sort of just a drier version because the way he delivers his lines is that roboticness but yeah i was i was really impressed by that that wasn't in particular so yeah absolutely and i can see not to not to get the real quick not to get too deep in the the whole allegations thing that ray fisher's brought up specifically against joss whedon but if it's true i can see a personal vendetta that would have buried him in this film in in that version of the film because yeah i think that character is so good absolutely so good in the snyder cut so good yeah, yeah. I, I do definitely like how each of the characters were fleshed out more, and he had more time with them, and uh, you kind of understand well, we the motivations four hours. of the character. More time well, yeah, with them had... in, those, in this long yeah. slow motion like music video sequences that everyone gets a four minute slow motion walk sequence. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, because that's the thing about the uh, the Whedon cut is that it was just like it just had like it just was so quick, and you don't it was just all action and like nothing really memorable about it. And the funny thing is, when I was watching this, I don't remember any parts from the original, the Whedon cut. Like, I wasn't like, oh, I remember that scene. I remember that. Like, didn't happen at all. Because the, the, the Whedon cut is, is, was so so boring and so just forgettable. And I think, in fact, in the, like a day later, I forgot what happened in the Justice League. But at least this one is like, it's, it's more sticking in my mind, like the different yeah. action scenes. And the funny thing, like the biggest critique on uh, Zack Snyder's is like his action scenes are like, are like, self-indulgent and like too much slow motion and just crazy but when you stretch it out on the runtime with four hours it's less offensive it's like not as offensive as it would if you if you put it down to like a one and a half hour mm-hmm. or two hour movie um so yeah i mean i enjoyed it uh you know i wish there was i was thinking of um one scene that it would have been great with cyborg is if uh he actually went out to the football. Like, they had a scene where, you know, he, he he scored the winning touchdown. And if they had a scene where he goes out in the football field when it's empty, oh and God, he's remembering I don't, I don't, his glory that'd days. Awesome. That'd be awesome for his own movie. I didn't want any extra scenes in this movie. Oh, really? I just, just to, like, kind of flesh out the character a little more. <laughs> Paul's like, I want 30 I more seconds. Mean. Tyler's like, no more, no more. Paul's yeah, like, just 30 yeah, more seconds. I know. But you know what I no. mean? Yeah. I, I just, like. I know what you mean. Like, I know what was, you mean. I, I was thinking with Cyborg, like, it, it kind of reminded me of Robocop, you know, how uh, his old life is, is past him, like, everybody's moved on, and to kind of sell that aspect of it, that, like, everybody's life moved on, would have been kind of an interesting, you know, story thread to go on and in, 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 to, to layer. Mm. Are you, do you need to say something, or? Yeah, well, no, I just, I have a counterpoint. I don't, I disagree entirely, actually, because like I said... I see Cyborg in this, and actually how he is a lot in the comic books, too, is that he's very, very complex, and he is a weapon. It's like he feels he is first a weapon and a monster first, secondly a hero, and that's just how he is also in the comics, and they do a damn good job that's with it. that in this in this movie, or at least Ray Fisher does. Like, 
with his emotions and how he looks. I actually like the fact that none of it had to do with his past and that is basically him hiding and him kind of getting away. He sticks around only like around his 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 street. He's doing things that are new because he's basically taken in that he is a monster and that he that things will never be the past. I think like him revisiting it would just be a cliche thing that we've seen over and over and over and over again. Like you said, RoboCop. I mean, basically anything. Anytime that somebody has changed a little bit, that one scene where they're just by the swing set and they're just looking out at the, at the sun. Like, I mean, we've seen that a billion times. And that's why I like with this one, he is he's he is like the creature of the Black Lagoon. It's just kind of this thing where he's just like, well, I, I got to survive. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what see, I can do. And I think see, the that, thing is uh, with, to me. With, uh, so, the, I mean, the thing with me is that I don't have that background with a character um, that you do. Mm. Like, I, I haven't read any of the comics with Cyborg. So I don't know the character. Like, a lot of times when you watch these well, no, movies, I mean, you I, have I think I think that's just... I think that's what they showed in the movie as well. Like I read that from mostly from Ray Fisher's performance in the movie. He seemed very broken. You know, his mom's gone. His dad will not like let him do really anything. I mean, he says he does, but it's, I mean, it's his dad. I mean, you, you see his dad yeah. in there. It's like it, it's it, everything is just kind of just, I mean, he's helpless. He doesn't know what to do. He's, he's, you know, he's a fish out of water. It's, it's, uh, he brought it back. <laughs> Pun intended because of Ray Fisher. <laughs> Oh, no, I didn't even didn't. Yeah. Nope. No, no, I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. But yeah, no, that, that's that joke was a that... ray of light on an otherwise dark moment. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, just go. fishing, just fishing for wow. laughs, guys. Just fishing for wow. laughs. So here, I mean, here's wow. the thing: it's like uh, again, like not getting the backstory cyborg. I don't really understand because I have I don't have any um, exposure to it. So I'm basically looking at this as as just a a, a casual fan. Like I don't have the background of the comics like yeah. like the both of you do so i'm just seeing it from like a movie honest perspective that i think something a scene like that not necessarily that but a scene like that would kind of flesh his character out a little bit more not that they didn't flesh out his character well enough but i think something that would like that would really sell the point and mm-hmm. really resonate with a lot of movie going on is just that are new to the dc universe okay um and so and, and i think i think what's really good about marvel is that they're willing to balance that really well to you know they're able able to put forward the the, uh, the comic stuff that that uh, people that have been reading comics or have lo- like a long history with the comics can really appreciate. But also they're able to bring in new audience that doesn't have that familiarity with, yeah. with the material. And so I think I think Marvel has it's really good about balancing that. Um, but uh, I, DC, I think I feel also like I think a lot have... I think a lot of people have seen a ton of Cyborg outside of this movie though, and that's why like. Teen Titans, Teen Titans Go, and Doom Patrol. I have like, it. I have he's, it. He's been. A, I, I, I think. I in, 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 I think. Just real quick to pop onto with uh, the how much have we got? I think we got the right amount of Cyborg's backstory in this movie, yeah. and I think that this to me, I think personally, it speaks, speaks to the success of the movie that you want more of that character. That's what you yeah. want. That's really what want you want. Movie. Maybe whatever the scene might be, however it might come out, you want more of that character. And I definitely do. Like I said, yep. he was my f- least favorite thing of, of character-wise of the previous version and probably my favorite in this version because yep. he has a real character and he's he's instrumental to the actual function of the story too. Whereas, yep. so, I mean... Yeah. He's the most the other, important. You, know, you could yeah. argue like that Wonder Woman is just kind of there to an extent, really. Like, Her I mean, she's Flash, awesome. Yeah. She does a lot, yeah. but in terms of like, it's like, okay, Flash, you you charge the thing and cyborg you do this and i I like i wish they would have executed a little bit differently 
in terms of uh, him experiencing his powers, but that's maybe the part of the, when you have, what, six members of the league, seven or how, yeah. is you know, in this movie, uh, give or take. It's it's so yeah, many I still, I still characters think, I, that you can't. I agree with you that I think that Aquaman, Batman, and Wonder Woman are the most useless out of all of them at this point. Now think about it. Well, Batman's literally just like the guy that brings them together and leads them there. So yeah. he serves that purpose. I'll give him that. You know, like his joke I about guess, his superpower yeah. having it being money. It's kind of true yeah. in an extent because he gets everybody where they need to be. So, but I think that, uh, again, you know, it's, I, I think it's a different th- actually. Uh, what I like with Batman is that there's a sense of guilt that he's complicit in Superman's death. So there's a lot of like I mean, emotional threats in, yeah. in, in, in his that's character. character, though, not necessarily like actual function of solving the bad guy problem. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. And I, yeah, but I it, it's great. I feel that layer is... is I'm going to guilt you, know, you to death, Seppin Wolf. good enough. Guilt. No, but I mean, you know what I mean? It's like that sense of guilt is like like he basically killed, you know... I'll the, just make a joke. I apologize. Of, <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, you know, basically he was complicit in killing like their savior, you know, because uh, there's a lot of Jesus... Uh, you know, stuff you need, in there. You need to create more. Uh, you need um, to create a Batman that has more guilt. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no, but it, it's it's very much in his character. And honestly, like I, I really, I know um, what's his name, Ben Affleck got like a lot of shit for being Batman, but I like his version of Batman. I thought it's a very, I like he's that my, kind of grizzled. Dis- he's my like, favorite on-screen Batman to date. Oh uh, well, mine's Christian Bale, but uh, yeah, but I, mean, I, I like that whole, that that whole version of the, the elder. The elder Batman that, like, he's, like, done with his life and, like, you know, uh, Robin got killed. You know, in Bad vs. Superman, there's that suit that has all the Joker's writing on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know that, that version of Batman's very interesting because we always see the version of the Batman that's starting out, you know. Yeah. And uh, we really see the one that's, like, has been affected by 20 years of fighting crime. And so, yeah, I mean, Ben Affleck's version of, of, of uh, Batman is really interesting to me. And it's kind of a bummer that, you know... We probably won't get that version again, you know. Well, no, and we never got like an, uh, its own Mooton. Hey, what? no, because, Mo- I'll because say, no, I won't we won't, say, we won't I, because I never, that... say, I never say never because money talks. <laughs> if this, true. If this changes ma- HBO oh, Max wait, streaming I'm so forever. Sorry. Well, yeah, well, no, I, I'm so sorry. I am wrong. He is coming back. He was confirmed for the Flash movie. I thought I thought it was him and Michael Keaton as playing opposite Batman. Oh, they were. I, I, okay. I heard the Michael. I know Keaton Michael one. Keaton is confirmed, but I'm pretty sure Ben Affleck is in it as well. But yeah, I have a feeling Robert. Pa- but with Matt Reeves' trilogy of Bat- the Batman trilogy and the TV show, the Gotham PD, like I'm pretty sure they're pretty set on that new Batman universe now, which I'm so. So excited I'm wondering. For. I'm wondering. For, uh, I have a question for the both of you. Did it live up to your expectations? Yeah, absolutely. It was way it better than I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was gonna be yeah, I, I thought it was gonna be trash. I'm not gonna lie. I thought it was gonna be trash. Like that's interesting. Okay. My expectations were really low based on the other the other version. Because I was enough of like I said, I was enough of a fan growing up of of DC's crossovers that I was so looking forward to when they got to do their crossover movie, which would be the Justice League. Some big mm-hmm. thing, some big enemy, some big calamity, you know, the infinite uh, cri- like going back to crisis on infinite earth and in the many final crisis and all the way through there's so many good stories that they've told that i thought they can't get this wrong if they just kind of tap into that even if it's not great it's going to be entertaining and it wasn't even yeah. entertaining to me it was so boring i didn't care about anything anything like mm-hmm. in that movie 
and and it's it's kind of I think maybe that's why I'm so amazed that it's the same movie foundationally that I'm watching. Like that, it's yeah. like I really really liked it. But I think my again that exceeded my expectations because they were the bar was set so low by the other version. But I still I liked it. This is probably my favorite of the Snyder DC movies. I think it's yeah. like everything Hands you'd want. Down the best. Everything one. you'd want, especially if you're a fan of Snyder. This is everything you'd want. It's so indulgent. I even read a quote where he even said, you know, all those slow motion scene things. Like these are all the things that he puts into his first edit because he just is making that version. And this is him unencumbered without people saying, you got to cut it down to such and such and such. I wish, definitely wish it were like closer to three hours because yeah, it would have been a much, much, much better movie. There were a lot. Yeah, and like Paul said, yeah. you get two hours into it for the movie to really start. And it, that's the point where I was really into it. But it's like you're halfway through it at that point, and it's you don't it doesn't need to take that long to get there. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. There's I, so much set up, and yeah. oh, go ahead. I was talking with somebody. I, I was like, I, I think it would have been a lot better. Like, I, I would be a lot more forgiving with this movie had it had been like at least or at most the same runtime as Return of the King in theaters, the theatrical release of Return of the King. It's like I said, I feel like you you really have to earn you know, your place in, in the four hour movie, you know, realm. Like Martin like Martin Scorsese's Irishman, you know, he he earned his way up up up, up to that that runtime. You know, I you know, it's funny you bring that the, it's funny you bring the Irishman because a couple of days prior I actually saw the Irishman and I was like totally captivated. And the three and a half hours didn't feel like anything. I was just like really captivated. It's a little. Uh, I felt like that was like I, I I disagree. I felt it was like I'm Martin Scorsese and here's the greatest hits album. That's what yeah. I felt. Yeah, I mean, I watched yeah, one of like, yeah, okay. It's not. It's not as like. It's. It's not his best work, but it's. It's a good movie. And uh, to, and and the thing at the end, Cut. it feels like there's uh, too many endings. You know, like Return of the King is too many endings. But I think of it this way: like, you know, a better director is able to make that runtime work, and you know, and you're not. You won't be able to like. You wouldn't really care about checking what time it is or seeing how long the movie is. You're just captivated by the world and drawn into it. Mm-hmm. And so I feel a, a better director would have been able to make that four-hour runtime like feel like nothing. You know, like uh, know. Avengers Endgame is three and a half hours, and uh, that breezes by. I never felt – I never, like, checked my watch or anything. It really, like, you, was drawn I, into that world. I, I just don't think you could ever compare Justice League to Endgame ever because Endgame is – an I, again – I consider Endgame more of like an event than a movie at this point because, yeah, it's powerful on its own, but like you don't get the full extent of it unless you watch at least the you know it, it, there's so much behind it. Like, I mean, at least you, that, like with that, you at least at the yeah. very, very, very least you have to watch Infinity War at the very, very least. So you're at least watching a whole. And that's other... what I'm saying. It's like it's like yeah, like I don't think I think Endgame is like. I but see, that's that's a problem. That's a problem with DC is that they tried to do like Endgame, but they didn't earn that. You know, yeah. Marvel built oh, up these characters for years to where you have you have a personal connection with them and attachment to these characters. Oh yeah, and you know, DC just tried to go right to Avengers. And, you know, like they tried to you know fast forward without building these characters to really get you involved with them. And what I don't understand, uh, which is weird to me, is that. Right, Man of Steel came out 2013. The Dark Knight Rises uh, was 2012. If they reworked it, they could have like take the took the Nolan Batman universe and kind of had it segue into the Man of Steel era because Superman was like 
changed the game. Like he was, they always say like the, the, the arrival of the Superman is like change the world. And so they could have established like the grounded universe from the Nolan Batmans and then boom, Superman's here and it just changes the game all around. And it would have been interesting to kind of connect the Christian Bale Batman, which they've already developed with like Man of Steel and that Superman. So like, yeah, they, 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 I know, think they talk, Nolan I think, didn't want that. Yes, they, they, yes, they, they talked, they, they talked oh, yeah. about it. Um, yeah, let, let's, let's go back to the Zack Snyder Justice League. But yeah, like, uh, yeah, Christian Bale and Nolan were both like, absolutely not. But um, yeah, let, let's, so, okay. So like, but, uh, just, just kind of circling back around the running time. I think the running time, it's a, like I mentioned at the beginning, it's a function of the age we live in because we stream mm-hmm. things now. And even though it's not broken up into uh, like episodes, it's still broken up into those chapters. And I noticed that whenever I paused the movie, there were little markers on my screen so that if I wanted to, I could start at which chapter I wanted to later. So you could fast forward to that right spot. It's just interesting. So it's like the movie was, yeah. even though it's four hours long, it's built in a way that it, it's like it's a streaming. It's built for a world of streaming. It's like it wouldn't be four hours even I feel like even if it were like ten years ago or so, and it were on Blu-ray or DVD, I, I think it would have still been shorter. I, I don't know. Yeah. So I think it's just a function of that time. One other question I want to ask you guys about, and I know there's the the, the reason for it, but what did you think of the aspect ratio? I forgot about it until you said it. It bothered the fuck out of me. Fuck full screen. I'm sorry. That annoyed me. So hard. Remember that one we had. A you know, it's funny you mentioned on, on this show when I t- when I talked about how I had to watch uh, a movie on full screen and how I hated past Tyler for ever buying full screen before. Um, <laughs> I was about to bring that up actually. Yeah, that's right. Had, like a whole collection of full screen <laughs> DVDs. I, I, I. No comment. <laughs> what are you Sorry. talking about? Are you gonna? Are you gonna have a? I oh played the my fifth. god! Um, yeah, I I think it's fine. I mean, that's his, his vision. Uh, he wants to do that. What is it? One thirty three one. Yeah. Is that the? And apparently, um, and go ahead. I'm fine with it. I mean, that's his vision. Um, and it's funny because he doesn't he cite IMAX like. He wants to do it like an IMAX ratio, and yes, IMAX I think yeah. is like one seventy eight one, and it has like whole widescreen, like it's both you know yeah. wide and tall, and that's like the IMAX ratio. So he didn't really do what he wanted to do, like it was his original tension was. <laughs> so yep. I'm fine with it. Uh, you know, it wasn't too distracting. It's just kind of a bizarre choice. But then Zack Snyder's kind of a bizarre. He makes bizarre choices all the time. So it, it was it my was it was my understanding line. though that he did that it was shot like that and that the 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 Whedon version was then cropped. So just oh okay you're getting you're actually we're getting less. But I'll say this: it was very bizarre watching it that way. It was like I'm watching an episode of Seinfeld or something that that's just that old aspect ratio. Uh it reminded me, though, I thought it was a weird connection. You guys remember the Justice League cartoon in the 90s. It was on Cartoon Network at the time. No, and, oh, yeah, uh, Justice League they, Unlimited. Yeah, Legit. Unlimited. Yeah, and they League, would add yeah. the letterboxing to it to make it seem more cinematic. But the funny yeah. thing was, in that instance, they were putting a letterbox because it was animated at the normal aspect ratio for a television. And they were putting the letterbox. So they're like, you know, if, if I put, you know, black bars above and below me. I'm still filming all of me, but I'm blocking it out 
with those black bars. That's what they did with that old Justice League show. So I just thought it was an interesting, like, whenever I heard about the aspect ratio, it, like, connected me to that. I'll say, watching it on my television at home, it did, it, it made it a smaller experience than it should have been. Now, maybe if I saw it blown up on an IMAX screen, it would have been great. But then I would have felt yeah. every minute of those four hours. I guarantee you that. That's the other yep. side of it. So it's weird because, like, it's a product of the streaming era in terms of, like, the running time. Okay, it's four hours. You can split it up and, you know, go take a nap, come back, whatever you want to do. Take a day off, come watch the rest of it, that kind of thing. But then you're also watching an aspect ratio that I don't, you know, we don't even watch football like that anymore. Sports and things. Regular, every regular television show is sought in widescreen because that's how yep. we see with our eyes. We're not... We don't see in squares in life other than Instagram. That's I don't under I, I I it was I understand maybe cinematically if it were in a movie theater, but watching it on a television screen, it made it. I got used to it, but it was definitely distracting. Certainly at the beginning of the film. So yeah, and you know the funny thing is, it it, it, it actually reminded me of WandaVision because WandaVision they kept on changing the aspect ratio as a show like you know the fifties style sitcom. And so when it did that, I was like, oh, that WandaVision did that a couple of days. You know, like, but so huge difference, though. That was. Oh, yeah. I mean, with, with no, WandaVision, it was like. Connection, though. You have another, like, yeah, the way WandaVision. Yeah, the it was very thoughtful. Played with it, the way they did The way it. WandaVision played with it to make you feel like. That's kind of an interesting parallel, though, because WandaVision, like you're saying, Paul, played with it to make you feel like you're watching this old show. Whereas this new, clearly modern, very modern movie at first it made like i said it made me feel like i was watching an old show like an episode of seinfeld or something like yeah. that it, 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 I, and, and that's kind of like a metaphor joke? for marvel and dc that marvel has the intention and the thoughtfulness to do these things whereas dc kind of just does it and doesn't really have the intention or reasoning behind their decisions so like that alone is kind of a good metaphor for marvel and dc <laughs> I think Zack Snyder uh, had reasoning. You might disagree with it, or yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm just trying to put a point with out. With me, there. my my real argument is how we're consuming it makes it not ideal to see it that way. Mm. That's really what it comes down to. So, mm, yeah. Anyway, it'd be great to watch vertically on your phone. I don't know. <laughs> I guess so. You know, but you uh, know, yeah. Uh, I mean, Tyler, it, did it did it change your did it ruin your uh, taint your enjoyment of the movie at all to the aspect ratio? It, it just annoyed me. It, it was, it was, it was oh. like, I, I think here's the thing is like, just with a lot of the old DC movies and, and Zack Snyder movies where it's just like, they try to push the boundaries and then, and like, that was just like this one other thing where he's just like, I'm special and I'm doing this just to show. I, I just felt like it was like him just showing off and I'm just like, we get it. God damn, dude. Just make the fucking movie. Just just have Batman throw a batarang and Wonder Woman, you know, beat the shit out of a guy. Like, fucking just just give me the fucking movie. And I just it was just annoying. It, I, I, I like I said, it was just like screaming like, I want attention. I'm four three. And you're just like, all right, cool. And I think also like, yeah, like with the brilliance of WandaVision prior to it, like it. it yeah, well, I, and I'd I can rather see watch... that because, like, I I, I kind of yeah. felt that way, especially when I heard about it. I'm like, "What? You're you're releasing this?" But it's I'm gonna watch it on my television. I'm not watching it blown up on a big screen. Like, if I were, I, I would love to get an opportunity to see it in IMAX or this amazing high resolution. But I doubt it's ever gonna happen. I'm I, I doubt I'm gonna find four hours, even if we're playing somewhere to to give to. I'll I'll just wait two hours and then go. <laughs> pop in for the last half but yeah i mean it didn't bother me i got used to it it's just like i said it, it just seemed like a 
stunt or just it's like a gimmick it's a, yeah it's an unnecessary it was just something very unnecessary it was like i mean you might might as well put it in 3d too you know like <laughs> oh jesus christ i'm out i mean my God. 3d i'm out fuck that <laughs> is gonna come to your house and just you can either watch oh. it in 3d or he just punch you in the face repeatedly. um yeah. i'm glad that trend died you know uh, oh jesus i hate it every time i had i watched the 3d movie i had a headache and i don't want to go back to that i think hugo and avatar are the only ones that i actually enjoyed the three because they're shot in 3d too that's yeah. a big difference oh, when they're when they're when they're uh like rotoscoped or whatever the terminology you know with the the, the they're ro- like they're you know converted into 3D, 3D conversions. Yeah, but I forget. Yeah. The, I don't know if there's a word for it. But when they're converted to 3D, it's it's not. You don't want to see it in 3D. Like yeah, you yeah. Avatar, uh, another 3D movie that was actually shot in 3D. Life of Pi. There's just Life a handful of, of them that were you know shot in 3D. Actually shot yeah. with 3D cameras as opposed to so many movies that it's just like let's cash in on this by you know converting it and most of those movies aren't very well done in 3d the marvel uh, ones are so the, bad the one, like the so one dark. the one exception that i didn't actually see but i heard is really spectacular in 3d is actually titanic and that's because james cameron oh, james cameron spent like 30 million dollars to do the conversion and normally they spend maybe a few i don't know maybe it's a few million if at most to do it in 3d where that was like an astronomical amount to spend to convert it so anyway I would not want to, I don't want to watch any movie in 3D, to be frank. It was funny. I saw years ago, Christopher Nolan talked about why he didn't like 3D movies. And it was right when Man of Steel was coming out and he was talking about his involvement in that and why he still named a producer. Basically, he literally said, I just set up the meeting between David Goyer and the studio because they had this idea on how to do a new Superman movie. And then that was like really it. And he was really like downplaying his involvement because you know, everybody was speculating, well, you're going to do more DC movies? And that was kind of like you know, the, the fan questions at the time. But he talked about 3D and how in cinema we've worked all these years to make it brighter. And then 3D basically just makes it dimmer. So all this brightness that they've worked towards and they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on these on lighting rigs and so on and so forth. You're just like, oh, diminishing all that. So anyway, we're talking about this movie wasn't even 3D and we're talking about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what do you guys been. think of the the characterizations in general like let's talk about uh, i want to talk about steppenwolf because i thought he was one of the worst villains ever in the other version and he was awesome like i i know vaguely steppenwolf in the comic i think he's like actually Darkseid's uncle or something like or they're related but he's not i don't think he's subordinate to him i don't know i'm not an yes, expert he's very subordinate to all of them all of them are. but i but think like relationally sun, though but yeah yeah, like, and, and, yeah, I, 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 I read, like, New Gods, the Kirby stuff, but it's been a yeah. while, and, and, uh, I read the 90s New Gods that Mark Evanier wrote, but I haven't really read a lot, again, that's, like, the, I didn't do, like, the more deep cuts, even though New Gods is some good stuff, yeah, so, uh, what do you guys think of, particularly with Steppenwolf and the characterization, I thought he was fantastic, and, and just the look of him, from, like, just some weird dude in a big helmet to a scary villain, yeah, I, I like I said, I think everybody is better in this movie. Um, yeah, I mean, except for Joker. Um, <laughs> except for Joker. <laughs> fucking hell. Well, that was one of the few things, right, that they actually, it was written and added on for the director's cut version so that... <sighs> You can that, talk is that all the you, one scene? You can t- they, yeah, the one show? scene at the end. You can talk all you want about, like, Zack Snyder's talked a lot about the original vision, original vision, 
and then he adds something in that wasn't even part of that original vision. Shouldn't just, have been in and, it. And, and I like the, I think it's, I like the idea that if we never see another of the Batman Affleck, at least we got a moment where Joker and he interacted. Didn't care for it personally, but. Yeah. I, <laughs> I actually disagree. I, I like that interaction between Batman and, and, and Joker. And uh, I, I think his, that portrayal kind of like makes up for the, the crappy version in Suicide Squad. So I, I actually enjoyed that moment. It was it like, it was, it was a Kevin, fun moment. It was moment. too Kevin Smithy for me, especially when he talked about giving him a reach around. I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, that God, really oh, killed it. it. That really killed it, yeah. Yeah, that it's was like, that was oh. really bizarre. But like, the Kevin I, I just like this bullshit. What the fuck, man? I just like how Joker was pushing his buttons, you know, and, and Batman's buttons, you know. I just, I, I, thought, I, I really I guess, I guess what it bothered, that. yeah, what bothered me, like that reach around moment, it got so strangely vulgar and he's like, and you know, I'm the one who swears the least. Like, fuck you! Like, yeah, when Batman says, <laughs> once Batman says that, it was just like, and I know there was a few other places in the movie where they used it since there, it's, I assume it's R-rated or no ratings R, and they don't yeah. have to worry about it uh, for, you know, whatever. But that really, I was like, well, this is kind of like, like, not just like, the, the, the interaction was good, but it, it like, kind of became like it crossed the line for me in a weird way because of that yeah. like vulgarity and not like i was offended mm. whatever but it was just like whoa this it didn't feel like those it, few lines didn't feel like it fit with the movie it's just yeah. not in tone with this character at all yeah you know? like it's this really bizarre choice um i like jared leto's performance in that moment though i want to say that yeah i, didn't like I, what I thought did. it was really it was creepy it, it was a, a more um a better portrayal of the joker than the suicide squad version um, uh, sorry. Go so going back to Steppenwolf. That's um, okay. I want characters the, in general, though. <laughs> yeah, ju- ju- Justice League. Uh, the, you know, the Whedon cut. Um, I, he was such a generic vanilla villain, boring as fuck. I don't even remember what he looks like. Honestly, like I, he's just like a shitty villain. And this one, he he's like better. He's still generic. I'm not. You know. Um, th- again, what I hate is the fact that every time I see a DC movie, I have to compare it to Marvel. Like it just, it go like my brain goes. You don't back have to. I, think, I don't. I never do. <laughs> oh, I always do. Unfortunately, I and, and so I think I think of like I'm, I think yeah. of like Thanos. I think of uh, Loki. I you know like all these Marvel movies are kind of like in the back of my head. So I just so comparing those, like I think Steppenwolf was just an okay villain. Um, with animate like animation wise, I wish they had like a. a bigger brow ridge so that you could emo- he could emote more because essentially if he had a bigger brow ridge he could emote more with his eyebrows and you could see more of the emotions like the animation on his face was kind of stilted and really kind of put me off so i didn't really connect with the character in the way i should have mm. um and I, what, what's i think was kind of distracting is his like beautiful eyes like he had like weirdly beautiful eyes and like this like grotesque like demon face <laughs> um it kind of reminded me of uh you know in doom when you play doom the uh the last like the ninth episode there's like the, the cyber demons or whatever like it kind of had that same kind of character design um yeah i mean i like uh and as far as other characterizations i, I like superman i thought he was um i like the the quiet moments where he's like holding butterflies and uh you know, he sees his mom and <laughs> all of that. Like, I like it. Uh, that's more Superman, like. So, princess, princess, there you go. that's a T-shirt Dis- right there. I like the quiet Dis- moment Di- where he's holding butterflies. Disney <laughs> prince, Disney, Disney princess, Superman. Uh, Penny, my four-year-old daughter, would also pick that as her favorite moment. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> what do you guys think? We've never though? seen Superman do that before. <laughs> Not Batman <laughs> saying fuck. I'm kidding. 
Yeah. Well, jumping back to that, what do you guys think of the the overall level of violence in this movie? It, it leaned much more into that R rating. What do you guys? What What's your take on that? I think everything was fine. I think it was fun. I think it was a lot more interesting. You know, it's a good movie. It's just an hour too long or 45 minutes too long. And also, no, I hate that scene with the Joker. I think that that whole thing should be cut out. It's not going to go anywhere. Who gives a shit? Unless it does go somewhere in Flash. <sighs> I don't know. I just think it's... I, I was like, okay, we've, we have two Injustice games. Please, no. Like, you didn't. You don't need the scene. Um, Yeah, I... Everybody was fine. Like honestly, I, I don't have that many complaints. I know I'm just, I'm doing it more like for like I guess like entertainment effect, but like I mean it's fine. Everybody was better than the last mediocre forget forgetful Joss Whedon cut, and so uh, I'm ecstatic. I think it's I think that Zack Snyder improving on characters is rare for him from what we've discussed from the two movies that we talked about him before, and. Um, Maybe he be, he might be getting better, and I think maybe this showed it showed that, and that, that's literally all I have to say. <laughs> I think Zack Snyder. It's like the the comparisons to Marvel. It's different in in a really fundamental way because I think what Zack Snyder has these characters are, are are gods among men. Batman is the man. He's he's us. He in this world. He the only reason he can hang with them is because the money in this intense aggressiveness where he's, he's worked super hard. So I think, and, 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 and why it's to a degree, the, for me, I, why, why I think I don't compare it to Marvel just naturally is because I, I see with Marvel, Marvel, it's, it's, it's basically ordinary people who then often have these powers and have to deal with them. Usually ordinary people or somewhat ordinary people, you know, the Spider-Mans, the Steve Rogers, those kind of things. I know Tony Stark's maybe a little bit of an outlier, but mostly it's, more ordinary people. And then I'm like, as I'm saying that, I'm thinking of like 50 examples of totally not ordinary people. But <laughs> point being, it's a little bit more grounded. It's, it's, it's why Joss Whedon was right for Avengers and wrong for Justice League. Whereas Zack Snyder leans into the God thing, especially with Superman. When you have Superman, you gotta, you, the, the yeah. you gotta play with that. Whether you view it as a, you know, the Christ parable or the Moses one, which, was definitely intentional he was he was he was a moses from some jewish writers that that sort of figure is 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 mythic and these characters are mythic wonder woman is a mythological character not a literal one but essentially a mythological character she hung out with you know was aries her uncle or stepdad or dad i don't even remember but you know they're related somehow so but those things those relationships it's mythological this is like the lord of the rings of of uh superhero movies so it's a different take and i really enjoyed that it went all in on that kind of stuff it's not all the way for me and i wouldn't want to see a bunch more movies like this but i'm glad i got to see a full-on Zack snyder version of this you know i wouldn't want i'm and I'm, I'm 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 looking forward to like stepping back into a more grounded marvel movie whatever it might be that when black widow gets released in 2067 so that'll be great but <laughs> you know that's kind of yeah, the, where I, the future is i i think with the r rating i you know i i i'm fine with it i think it's a, just a stylistic choice it's just you know like those movies are always like darker anyway and they just yeah. added some blood in there um I kind of wish that this was the movie that was released in 2017 because I think I would enjoy the DC movies a lot more. Yeah. You know? And it's really weird to me that 
of the two cuts, you have the Wheaton cut and the Snyder cut, and the more intelligent one is the Snyder cut. And that's really bizarre to me. That doesn't my brain can't process that. But the Wheaton cut is the stupider of the two movies. Um, but yeah. uh, I, I don't know. Um, I enjoyed it, and I was surprised that I did. Uh, I had no expectations whatsoever. In fact, I think uh, before we started doing the podcast, we were talking about, and uh, I was kind of making fun of the fact that, oh, yeah, that Snyder Cut's never going to be released. Bullshit. And then, like, the next day, it's like, oh, released March 18th. <laughs> like, like, I like, bet you $500 right now. No, we literally, <laughs> cut off we were talking before hands. we were recording. Yeah, before we recorded, we were talking about that, and I was, like, joking, like, oh, that's never going to happen. And then literally, like, hours later, like, it's happening. It's enough. I think it was, like, uh, we recorded one of our first episodes. Yeah, it was about a year ago um, when we started this, and that's actually when this, like, yeah. oh, this is going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now we got to wait for the Aider cut. Um, one thing that this kind of reminds me of is the Donner cut of Superman 2, hmm. where they kind of restored the movie and then made a new version of Superman 2 uh, with Richard Donner's footage. And so this is like, that's the only kind of, other than the other director's cuts, but this one is, is what hmm. kind of reminds me of, uh, the Snyder cut kind of reminds me of that, the Donner cut of Superman 2. Yeah, I, I would agree with that and then even Alien 3, in all honesty. Yeah, I think, yeah. Those are both great, like, yeah, parallels for sort of what this is. The The Donner Cut was an interesting one because it was sort of one that you never thought you would see that was always sort of talked about with sort of comic book movies. And then it's like, oh, it's here. And it was, like, I don't know, because they had, it was like footage they used from like a, like a screen test or something crazy with these scenes or something weird. So anyway, so what are your final thoughts on what's likely, but I never say never, the final Zack Snyder DC movie? I'll let Tyler go first. No, I I think it's a good way to end. Um, I I like their direction now where nothing is really connected anymore unless the writers and directors want it to be. Everything is now being treated as a one-shot or just a new franchise like the Batman with Matt Reeves. Um, And so it was was fine. I wish it was shorter. Uh, I really wish it wasn't in 4-3. And... You know, good for Zack Snyder to be able to finish it, to be able to do a director's cut. Uh, I think his uh, daughter would be very proud and happy. And, um, you know, so I, I hope they're okay and um, got finally got to do this. And uh, I believe Ray Fisher. And, yeah. So, I think, it's a good, I think this is a good, I think this is a good chapter or a good bookend. Like a good last chapter. And, uh, you know, yeah. I'm also just really terrified of the Flash movie, so. <laughs> Michael Keaton's in it. That's all we need. We're good. What? What? Uh, yeah, after the eighth director got, you know, left the project. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, as far as this, uh, yeah, I mean, this movie's fine. Um, I just hope that everybody that, you know, was for that fandom that released the center cut, like, I hope it lived up to their expectations. Yeah. I imagine this movie is going to be kind of divisive because every movie's divisive nowadays. Uh, but I think it's, I mean, it's fine. Um, and uh, one thing that I don't know why this entered my brain, but I was thinking like, in, in just my opinion, I feel like Marvel's like Mozart, right? And DC's like Salieri. And no matter what DC does, they'll never reach the heights of Marvel, unfortunately. And so that's what I always think is Mozart and Salieri. 
I don't know why that entered my brain, but it just. I mean, I just, I, 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 I disagree. I think without, I don't know, man. Like, I think without. <laughs> I just. <laughs> I mean, Batman. I mean, I, I, I think Dark, I like Batman Begins and Dark Knight are some of the best, still some of the best superhero movies. You know, ever. I, I think. Oh yeah, yeah Dark Knight's uh, and, amazing. And I, I think I'm just like, talking about like the uh, DCEU. If you do the MCU and the DCEU. Oh like, no, I think that they're just like the cheater in class who is copying off somebody and but can't read or he's <laughs> like i don't know or i like my oh, metaphor yeah, better yeah, yeah. no I, actually no i you know here's my here's my metaphor it's it's uh somebody cheating on the scantron but there's two different versions of the test Nah, i like that <laughs> analogy i've talked okay. so <laughs> all right yeah <laughs> Anyway, so, yeah. so uh, for me, just to kind of wrap it up, I think uh, I liked it a lot. I really, really enjoyed it. Judy and I watched it together, and we were both really on board emotionally, and that's what matters. A movie entertains you. It did everything mm-hmm. that I wanted the original one to do that it did not. The the you know yep. the Whedon version. It hit every it it hit the buttons in the right way. It wasn't a perfect movie. I don't even know. I called it a great movie, but it's a very good one for a comic book movie. It had the action was really cool. the The characters were really good. The performances were better because, like, even like Ray Fisher in that other version, like his, his he seemed bad because you just get him being robotic without the context of like yeah. the sort of more human him to then yeah. And I, so I thought he was bad in the the other version, and, but he's not. Anyway, he's really good and like and his CG great, was so bad fact. in that one, and it's perfected in this one. So, yeah. So out of out of us three, who would you think is like likes it the most of of us? I guess I have me. a love hate relationship with it, so I guess yeah, yeah. Josiah. So probably just like I'm, I'm probably in the middle somewhere. And you then... know what? It needed more Russian family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not even. Yeah, we don't even need to talk about that. Wow, let's, let's, that, that's a great difference because that's a way. If you watch the end of the movie, right? Flash becomes instrumental, whereas Flash is like, I got to push away this truck with this Russian family on it like totally different use yeah. of the character flash had the was going like it was the way he was used in this version was awesome versus i gotta push a truck yeah, i love that effect where like all the bones and and sinew were going back onto the characters like that was a great special effect really cool yeah. and those are really ready to you know and i was hooked on know, that moment uh, yeah exactly yeah, like cool. sure the absurdity of it when you think so, about it logically in any of these movies like thanos whatever but when you're when you when it the movie brings you in and holds you there which this movie did for me that's all i need yeah and i was entertained yeah. thoroughly entertained i didn't feel like i wasted four hours of my time and i was really worried about that so i want to say as uh, tyler kind of touched on that i can imagine uh being a father my daughters are very very small to losing a child let alone to suicide i cannot imagine the gravity of that on your life, your art, especially as an artist, as Zack Snyder, you know, I'm a writer. I'm, I'm, I'm equally successful to Zack Snyder in my life as a writer. <laughs> uh, so, but you know, whether level of success doesn't matter because uh, to quote Josh Ritter, I'm singing for the love of it. Have mercy on the man that sings to be adored. And I think that this is the, the best and quote worst of Zack Snyder because he just put everything out there as he finally wanted it to be. And it's full on him. And if you love it, you love it. If you don't, that's fine. Go. There's other movies for you. And I really appreciate that it exists as it is, especially with what I imagine what 
in you know 20 like uh like the end of 2016 whenever i believe this that he he lost his daughter and all this happened and essentially losing the movie and i'm sure that that was another kind of hell because sometimes art is that escape and something is essentially taken from you even though he stepped away i don't know i'm not going to even speculate on the inner workings of that that's that's hard stuff that's life stuff that's real stuff this isn't superhero fantasy movie that is escape and so I appreciate that he made a great, maybe not great, but very good piece of escapist fiction for me to watch and not worry about the very real troubles in the world. And I can just enjoy some superheroes who exist that can save the day for me. And I appreciate that. And that's what this movie is. So that's yeah. what I think it reached me in that way. And I will watch it again in increments or skip Absolutely. two hours into it. <laughs> so take us All home, right. Tyler. Alrighty, well, where can they find you first, Josiah? Oh, yes, of course. So you can find me at Josiah is right, W-R-I-T-E, right as in writer. So find me on YouTube and Instagram as well. But most, I mean, I'm on Instagram, it's like the dog, it's my kids. Uh, on YouTube, it's stuff like this. Absolutely. All right, and Paul? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Arcade Blackfire with a Y, or in a field holding butterflies. Absolutely. <laughs> and Thank you so much. We're so excited to bring you this first episode of season two of Popmosis Film. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, and thank you for watching. Go to our website, thegrankygathering.com, for our articles, our videos, and our other podcasts as well. I also stream on Twitch every single Friday. We're doing a Marvel talkback with awesome guests from actors, stuntmen, writers, comic book creators, everything, cosplayers. And it's a lot of fun every Friday at 8 p.m. And yeah. Our music has been provided by Carlisle Laurent. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and also join our Discord. Have a wonderful week. Wear a mask and GGG. Watch on the silver screen. I got to take you with a bleed. Oh,